Hello, Ms. Powell. Well, good day to you, Brother Powell. Pow, pow. <laughs> pow, pow. <laughs> she still called me late for dinner. That's right. Today's date is... Uh, September 9th, 2019. It's Monday. Yep. Now we're going to do something different. We're going to veer away from our fourth Ezra or second Esdras from the apocryphal book of second Esdras. Not the biblical book of Ezra. The apocryphal book. We're going to veer away. I had to do that because somebody got confused last week. Um, we're going to veer away from that this week because we want to play a message about the battlefield of the mind and about how Satan can only attack you. Ooh, the mind. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean like when you're sick or you're, you know, you, you could have bodily things, but initially uh, the, 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 the enemy will attack your mind and saying, oh, God's not going to heal you. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be sick. Or even if you got a healing, the enemy will, and you'll have a little owie or something, you're still not quite over the, the, the hump, so to speak. The enemy will go, see, the Lord didn't heal you. See, he's always trying to plant doubt or unbelief in the miracle that God did for you. He always trying to steal that seed. He either tries to steal the seed of the word of God or the miracle that God did in you, or he tries to plant a seed, a tear of a false belief or a false doctrine that'll grow up with a weed. Mm-hmm. So you really got to be on the watch out for the enemy. I mean, and he's so subtle. And I, I just, boy, I can't tell you, I couldn't write it down how many angles demons will come at someone with the same lie, but different angles. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it, it's incredible. And the onslaught can be overwhelming. Very. We call it a blitzkrieg. The blitz. Yeah. You're I call just, it the blitzer. The blitzer, <laughs> you know, because you just get blitzed out with all these thoughts. Uh, and then the problem is, is you know, a lot of times you think it's your own thought. So the message we're going to play for you is talking about that. And it's talking about how one thought, how one thought in, in a person's head can derail that person, their Christian life, for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, one acceptance of a false error, one acceptance of um, of a false belief that Satan puts in there. It's a stronghold. It's a stronghold and could keep a Christian, a born-again, Bible-believing Christian, in bondage their whole life. Mm-hmm. So it's a fantastic message. Um, I'm going to tell you who it's by, mm-hmm. and you're going to laugh at me, but I'm just going to tell you. It's a great message. John Osteen. Yeah, Joel Olstein's dad, who was a preacher for many, many years. I mean, back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a prosperi- prosperity teacher mm-hmm. or anything like that by any means. He's all about the word. He's all about faith in God. Uh, he, his message is so different than his son's message. And when you hear this message, you will, you will sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It will quicken you in your, in your inner man. And you will know that you know that you know it's the truth because the Holy Spirit in you will verify that this is truth. Yes. So John Osteen um, is the original, you know, Lakewood Church in Houston. I don't know what year he passed away, but this message is from the early 90s, I think 91 or something like that. Um, it's And it's just it dynamite. When, when Miss Kapow and I heard it, we were like, wow, it is so concise, so biblically right on. 
so to the point. It's just amazing. And it's only, you know, it's under 30 minutes. Yeah. So um, check it out if you have your Bibles or write, if you can, write down the scriptures he's uh, referencing to uh, and really listen to this thing. Because if, you, if you're not having problems with your mind yet, there's one or two things. One, you don't know it because <laughs> you've already got the error and the deception and you don't even know it. Um, or two, you haven't been hit yet, but you will. You will get hit in the brain and uh, it's inc- incredibly uncomfortable when these things are constantly lying to you and there's there's a battle going on and it's in your head because that's the only way he can really, really attack you and change things. And like Ms. Kapow said, even if you have a physical manifestation, it's the attitude and the thought that matters on how you deal with that. Mm-hmm. Or even a, a struggle in your family life or any, anything, anything anything in your life. You know, you're believing God for a miracle or you're believing God for an answer or you're, or you, you know, just wanting to walk closer with the Lord. Anything like that. Anything you have to do with God and his blessing and his word, his truth, his life. The enemy will always come in and attack that. Mm-hmm. And you'll attack it in the mind. Mm-hmm. And, and Ms. Kapow always have, we have a thing that we always say to each other about reject. Mm-hmm. We reject, we don't accept. Because right. as soon as you accept, uh, and it's a lot harder than what it sounds, believe me, but as soon as you accept the lie like it's true and you don't totally reject it and you massage it just a little bit, it could be enough to get a little foothold in there. Mm-hmm. And now you go, oh my gosh. You know, mm-hmm. this and this is happening, or this is why it's happening, or it's because I'm not a good Christian, or blah, blah, blah. And then it's Satan just could get in there. He brings in all his other clown demons, and they have a big party in your head. And it could be for years. And it, what it does is just totally takes away your, your joy and your power and your ability to live fully, you know, walking the gospel of Christ. Um, so we have the saying, we say reject, we don't accept, we forget. Mm-hmm. That means we don't massage the thoughts. We don't massage what they're saying. We don't answer them and talk to them, except to quote biblical truth. Mm-hmm. And then the big one, Ms. Pal, Is guard your emotions. Yes. You can't let your emotions just start welling up mm-hmm. over the lie. Because once you get emotional about it and you get all these feelings and things, you can't separate what you're, yourself from these shadow people. And it gets really, really nasty. Yep. So you got really, it's 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 a tough deal. It's not an easy deal. It's not. And um, you can only do it through the Holy Spirit, through the power of Christ. But even with that, it is the extreme exercising of your will. That's right. And refusing to give up your seat within your mind. To these lies. To these lies and to these other entities called demons. Mm-hmm. And you have to really actively fight. And it's not not easy, yeah. but it's it, it's a reality. So anyway, John Osteen is the original. His son came after him. I'm not a Joel Osteen fan, no. but his dad was a good preacher. He was a Southern Baptist preacher that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yep. Got uh, booted out (laughs) out of his Baptist church as a pastor. They thought he was teaching heresy because he was teaching about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they no longer believed in that. And uh, so they got rid of him as a uh, preacher. So he started uh, the uh, 
Oasis, Love Oasis, or Oasis of Love mm. Church. And, um, yeah, God grew him there. Yeah. So, I mean, he's spirit-filled. I've said there's something about a, a man or a woman who has uh, this, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit for power, and there's a big difference between somebody who just has the Holy Spirit, you know, that they get at salvation. When you have the Holy Spirit for power, there's a big difference, and you'll hear it in his preaching. Yes, you will hear it. You'll know it. Yeah. You'll know it. Yeah. All right, without further ado, here's John Osteen. Osteen. So if you'd like to get your Bible, we've already opened our Bibles to Philippians chapter 4 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Thank God for the Word of God. How many of you believe it? Say amen. Amen. I want to read you a very unusual scripture here in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says in verse 3, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in unto them. Now, before I begin uh, preaching here to you, I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4. And in verse 6, here's a very important scripture for you. The Bible says, Be careful for nothing, be anxious for nothing, but in everything... Everybody say everything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and what? And minds through Christ Jesus. I'm going to minister today to you here in this audience and to you who are viewing in television on this subject, winning the battle of the mind. Winning the battle of the mind. You know where the battlefield is? The battlefield in your life is in your mind. The place the devil works on you is in your mind. And many people don't realize that, and so they lose the battle day by day and are always living under the heel of the enemy. The only way in the world the devil can ever get to you is through your mind. And that's his battleground. The Bible says, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the mind. See, he works on the mind. Your mind is his target. Now, do you know if he can get you to believe one thing wrong, he can hold you for a lifetime with one erroneous thought. If he can just get your thinking wrong in any area, he can, he can stop you every time because of that thought in your mind. For instance, there, there, there are those listening to me here today, and there are those who are viewing on television. I know the devil has put into your heart and mind these things. He said, well, you know you're just as good as any member of any church, so there's not any use to you to worry about going to heaven or hell. If they're going to heaven, you're going to heaven. You know the devil puts that in people's mind. Some people have the idea, well, well, you know, if I live the golden route, go down the street and ask people, well, are you a Christian? Well, I obey the commandments. Are you a Christian? Well, I, I, I live by the golden rule. And the devil has told people, if you live by the golden rule, then you will die and you'll go to heaven. All those things are not true. One thought in your heart. Well, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not less. See, he works on your mind. The devil tells you, I'm a failure. 
you're a failure. You get to repeat what he says. I'm a failure. I'm going to die early. I've got a disease. I can never succeed. I'll always be poor. I'll never have any finances in my life. My children are not going to amount to anything. Oh, my child has had a wreck, and, I, and, and they're dying now on the highway. All kinds of thoughts the devil torments your mind with. He's the God of this world, and the battlefield is your mind. But thank God we can win the battle. Amen. I said we can win the battle. You know, God said, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my thoughts far above your thoughts. So we need to take God's thoughts instead of the devil's thoughts. That's what Romans chapter 12 says. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 12. This is a very important scripture for you folks that really want to live a victorious life for the Lord. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. Shout it out. Mind. The way to have a transformed life is to get your mind straightened out. Because the devil works on your mind. You can have eternal life in your heart, and you can have heaven in your heart and hell in your mind. And if you let the devil convince you in your mind, he'll bring all hell all around your life and all around your, uh, your family. And he'll convince you everything that he's saying is true. But the Bible says that we ought to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You ought to live and meditate in the Word of God. You ought to let God's Word take precedence over everything else that the devil brings against you. You ought to let God's Word transform you. Think like God thinks. Every time the devil brings a thought that's bad, ask yourself, what does God think about this situation? What does God say about this situation? And then get God's thoughts against the devil's thoughts, and then you'll have the power to chase the devil out. All you have to do is say, devil, look at what God says. You start reading God's word to him, he'll run. Amen? Now, I want to remind you, I'm not going to turn to the scriptures, you'll just have to look them up for yourself. But now let's take the case of Judas. The Gospels talk about Judas, you know, the, the progression of how the devil worked on him. If you'll read that, uh, the accounts in several translations, you'll find this to be true. In one translation, it says, uh, and Satan having suggested to Judas that he should betray you, uh, Jesus. Having suggested. Now, it's a very light word. It's a very important word. For when the devil comes to you, he will not come with a baseball bat and hit you in the head and say, God's a liar, and you ought to believe this way. No. The devil will come with a subtle suggestion. A subtle suggestion. Always so soft. Always so intriguing to the human mind. The Bible says concerning Judas that the devil suggested to him that he should betray the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, there's another uh, a step of progression in another gospel and uh, another translation. It says, and uh, Satan having put the thought into Judas's mind that he should betray Jesus. So we have a suggestion. 
and then we have the entrance and the acceptance of a thought into his mind. Now I want you to notice another scripture, and this clearly says it in the King James, and Satan entered into Judas. And Satan entered into Judas. You see, first of all, he will suggest something. Then he will put the, put the thought in your mind. If you accept any thought from the devil, he has a right to enter that door. If you do not accept his thought, you close the door in his face. And you can laugh with joy as he stands outside and shouts his accusations. Say, devil, the door is closed. God's word is revealed. And I know the truth. Hallelujah. And we can win the battlefield of the mind. people who are battling all kinds of, of diseases and troubles and, and, and drugs and, and unclean spirits that come against you. Now the devil's told you nobody's ever got out of the drug scene. Nobody could ever live with what you've got. Nobody could get out of the trouble that you're in. The devil has put thoughts into your mind. But thank God you turned on the television today. Thank God you're viewing this tape today. Thank God there's hope for you. I'm telling you, you can drive the devil's thoughts out. You don't have to die and live in defeat because the devil is a liar and God is telling you the truth. Amen. send your soul to hell. One thought can hold you in sickness all of your life. One thought can cause you to go to your grave without healing in your body. I remember years ago, I was uh, in a restaurant in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I was holding a crusade at the night there. We, we were in the cafeteria, and I noticed a woman who was crippled and, and uh, in need, great need of a miracle. And so I went over and sat down beside her and began to tell her you know, about uh, the fact that Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever, and how that he had healed our daughter Lisa, and how we had had wonderful miracles, and how I was an ordained Southern Baptist preacher. By the way, I still am an ordained Southern Baptist minister. And uh, I told her that, and I said, I found out that uh, Jesus Christ has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that uh, what he did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Johnny Luke today, what he was in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Johnny is today. He never changes. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. I said, you don't have to stay crippled like this. God wants to heal you. And you know what she said? She said, oh, my brother Osteen, she was a good Baptist. Everybody say, God bless the Baptist. <laughs> She said, my brother Osteen, she said, if the Lord wants me to suffer like this, I'm willing to suffer for him. She said, I figure that he put this on me and that he wants me to bear it and this is my cross and that, uh, uh, that it is his will for me to suffer like this. And I'm so willing, I'm so willing, I love him so much, I'm willing, I'm willing to just suffer until I die with this, this crippling thing in my body. I'm willing to see one thought. I couldn't get it out of her mind. One thought. Unless she changed, she'd go to her grave uh, in that condition because she's captured by thought that God's will is for her to be sick and that God put it on her. Don't you know the devil has a heyday? He puts his on us and then points his finger at God and everybody says, God did it, God did it, and they get mad at God and the devil shouts with joy, it's time for us to expose the devil. Amen. 
It is the devil that comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, don't get me mixed up with him. I've come not to steal, not to kill, not to destroy. I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what he wants us to have. I went to the auditorium that night after I talked to that crippled woman. She wouldn't believe. As I was preaching the Word of God, just like I preach it here, telling about Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, there was a little child that had been brought there by his pastor, and that child had a crippled foot, had a club foot turned inside, and that child listened in amazement at the good news that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he didn't have any preconceived ideas, and so he received the word of God into his heart, and while he was sitting there, the power of God came on him, and his foot just straightened out and became normal, and the pastor ran up to the stage with him to show what Jesus had done for that child. What am I saying? I'm saying... I'm saying that the devil can hold you captive with one thought. It's not the will of God to heal me. It's not the will of God to save me. I can never get out of these drugs. I can never have a happy home. My childhood has been ruined by incest. I can never be normal. I'm a homosexual. I was born that way. That's the devil's lie. You were never born a homosexual. You were never born a lesbian. That's a demon power, and it can be broken and driven out of your life. Amen. May address that just a minute. Just now, all of you who uh, precious, wonderful men and women and boys and girls that are involved in in that unclean act of homosexuality and incest. Now, I mean, and uh, and lesbianism. Now, listen to me carefully. Why is it that in the early stages of it you want to commit suicide? Why is it you couldn't stand yourself? Why do you have to drown yourself in it? And in your lonely moments by yourself, you know that something is wrong and you can't ha can hardly stand to live with yourself. Many of them, many of you folks uh, contemplate suicide. Do you know why? Because the real you is not abnormal. The real you is normal and there's an unclean, unclean entity, a personality that's got a hold of you, that's driving you, and you don't want to be that way. You've given in. If you'll rise up in the name of Jesus Christ, you can cast that thing out of you and live a normal life. Amen. I'm talking about the battlefieldism of the mind. I'm talking about winning the battle of the mind. You can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you sure can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Isn't that right? And of course, all of us get all kind of thoughts. But uh, you know, we just got to let them just bounce off and, and, and go back where they came from. They ought to be like water on a duck's back. Just there's no, no place, no place to hold on to. Amen. Now, I can't preach this message without telling about my sister. Most of you here know my sister's testimony, upside down and backwards, but thank God I never tire of telling of the marvelous works of the Lord Jesus Christ. My sister was totally incapacitated, had violent convulsions, and uh, had lost her mind, laying in her home, dismissed from institutions. Uh, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of dollars spent on her. She lives in Dallas, Texas. You'll probably hear this. And uh, uh, she was there at, at her home, 
and had been dismissed from the institution. They said we can do nothing for her, take her home to die in this condition. She had 24-hour nurse's care. She couldn't feed herself. She couldn't uh, walk. She had no equilibrium. She had these violent convulsions. Later I found out that she saw demon powers in her room tormenting her day and night, these demon forces coming against her. Now, I didn't know all of this, but to thank God the Holy Ghost does. I had gotten the baptism in the Holy Ghost. My sister was a good Baptist, and because, uh, you know, it had gone two different ways, I hadn't seen her in some time, but she had been a good Baptist Sunday school teacher and a good woman. But the devil got in, and somehow she had gotten in this condition. And there she lay. And I drove down the East X Freeway. The Holy Ghost came on me and brought my sister right before me in that car. And I told Dodie and her mother, her mother, I said, I, I see the, uh, I see my sister in a, in a revelation, and she's very sick. I didn't know about how bad she was. And, so, and the Lord said, the hour of her deliverance has come. Thank God for the hour of deliverance. Well, uh, you know, I, uh, I just recently been baptized in the Holy Ghost, maybe about a year a year and a half, something like that, two years, something like that. And uh, we were expecting Tamara to be born at that time, our middle daughter. And so I called up there to my mother, and she was with my sister, and I said, uh, Mother, I, I want to come pray for Mary. And uh, so uh, she began to cry and said, Oh, she's so sick. She's so sick. And uh, I said, Well, I'm coming as soon as the baby's born. Well, the baby was born the next day, and I left the day after that. But while, while we was waiting on Tamara to be born, the devil came to me and said, God didn't talk to you on that freeway. God never told you about your sister. And you know, now God will do this once in a while. I don't, I don't want you to do it. I don't want you people on television to do it either because it just happened to be a time that God told me to do it. My sister's name is Mary. Everybody say Mary. Mary. And so I said, oh God, you know I heard you, but I need a little support. The devil tells me I didn't hear you. Now I'm going to open the Bible. And God, you give me a scripture. Did you ever do that? <laughs> Don't do it if God's not in it. <laughs> but you know, the Holy Ghost came on me. And you know, I was concerned about my sister Mary. And, and I knew the Lord. I knew the Lord had visited me. But you know how the devil coming against your mind. So I said, I'm just going to open the Bible. God, you speak to me. And I closed my eyes and put my finger down. <laughs> you know what he said? Fear not, Mary, you have found favor with God. I got in my car, drove 240 miles, had 240 mile prayer meeting. Hallelujah. Well, I got there, got Brother H.C. Noah to go out there with me. We went out there, I didn't know how bad my sister was. And you know, as I went out there, we knocked on the door, when I got out of the car, something like electricity came all over me, and I felt like I was 25 feet tall. Thank God for the anointing. <laughs> now, now, when I got to the door, there was a Presbyterian nurse. Everybody said, God bless the Presbyterians. <laughs> and uh, Mary was in this darkened room. She didn't even recognize me. Now, I did not know it, but Mary had the idea that it was the will of God for her to suffer, that she was going through all of this in the will of God. I didn't know that. So when I walked in that darkened room, the shades are pulled. There my sister is, her hair matted, her eyes glassy. I wouldn't have recognized her on the streets of Dallas. She reached out, didn't even know me, and said, ah, something like that, you know. And the anger of God came on me. Thank God for holy anger. I said, thank God for holy anger. And when I, 
that anger came over me. I remember. See, it was the Holy Ghost. I didn't know what she was thinking. I shouted out, don't tell me my God did this to my sister. And my, my sister told me later, she said, I didn't know who was in the room. But she said, I heard that voice. It was angry. It said, don't tell me God did this to my sister. She said, way down in me, I thought, maybe it isn't God doing this to me. Maybe God didn't plan for me to suffer. See what I'm talking about? One thought was, was obliterated. It was shut out of the saddle. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost knows how to get to the right thought. And so I ripped over those curtains and I said, God is light, let light in here. And by that time, the Presbyterian nurse ran out. I mean, she got out of there. I never did know what happened to her. But I stood at the end of the bed with Brother Noah and I said, you foul demon forces, I command you, come out of my sister in the name of Jesus. Come out of this room and leave this room and leave this house in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I said to Mary, I said, Mary, arise and walk. And Mary jumped out of bed. She still didn't know what was going on. She jumped out of bed and hit the wall. I didn't even know she couldn't walk. But the Holy Ghost did. That's the reason he said, rise and walk. She hit the wall like a dish rag and fell down. Brother Noah and I got a hold of her, lifted her up, brought her back out in the middle of the room, and I forgot she was a Baptist and put my hand on her. Started praying in another tongue. She later told me she, those tongues went down inside her and loosened her. And I said, Mary, receive the Holy Ghost. And she began to speak in other tongues. You understand? She couldn't walk. We turned her loose after she got to speaking in tongues. She not only walked, she ran. She ran through that house. She went to the table that day and fed herself. She's never had another Dilantin tablet for those, those uh, uh, seizures. And uh, that was, uh, well, Tamara's 20, 26 years old, and, and, and that was 26 years ago. I'm telling you, if, if we hadn't have won the battle of her mind, that one thought would have kept her for 26 years in a darkened room without any knowledge of what was going on. But thank God, we can pull down the strongholds. We can cast down the And some of you are saying, how long? How long? Oh, God, you know I love you. How long? How long? Oh, Jesus, you know I want to serve you. How long must I suffer for you? How long, how long? I'll tell you how long until you get the thoughts of the devil out of your mind and replace them with the thoughts of God. You will stay like you are. But thank God the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can win the battle of the mind. Yes, our minds in these days will be bombarded. The stock market begins to fall down and, and gold begins to rise and fall and, and the economic situation looks bad and, and war war seems to loom on all kinds, all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of thoughts. Thank God we're living in Psalm 91. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank God. Old David said, How say ye to my soul, flee to the mountains? He said, My hope is in the God who made the mountains. How 
say ye flee here for safety. I tell you, Psalm 91 is our safety. Thank God Jesus is alive. Now I want to tell you folks, it's your mind that's been bombarded by the devil. You've accepted that and fear has come in and torment and depression and all kind of regression into the darkness has come upon you and there seems to be no hope and no way out. It's all because of a thought, thought processes that the devil has put in you. You take the word of God. The word of God says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall honor me. The Bible says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. Jesus said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Uh, Jesus said the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Replace those devilish thoughts, those depressing thoughts, those discouraging thoughts, those defeating thoughts. Dis de destroy them with the word of God. Get your Bible. Stand up on your feet and rise up and win the battle of the mind. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield.